Hello and welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others podcast, mainly for experienced and aspiring people managers. I'm your host, Nina Sunday, and this podcast appears on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. I appreciate their support and sponsorship. This is the show to help you explore ways to become the best version of yourself at work as a manager. And each episode, you'll hear from some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share your passion to elevate and transform team culture. They share insights in self-leadership and leading others. Together, we can make workplace culture better. Are you ready? Because it's time to manage self, lead others. of Mastery Under Pressure, Tina Greenbaum is a highly sought-after optimal performance specialist with a master's in social work and a master's in education and being a licensed psychotherapist and sports psychology consultant, Tina Greenbaum gives high-performing executives the skills they need to work inside any corporate culture. Tina knows how to use the power of focus and how to transform negative self-talk into productive thinking. One of the things Tina says is being good at your profession doesn't make you automatically good at your job. How so? I plan to ask Tina that question. Welcome, Tina Greenbaum. So, Tina, you you say being good at your profession doesn't make you automatically good at your job. How so? Tell us about that, please, Tina. If you're in a leadership position, you may have gotten there because you're really good at your profession. Let's just say you're good at technical things or you're good at sound or whatever it is that you're really good at. And so in general, people get promoted because they're good at that profession. Okay, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're good at leading people. Right, so automatically good at your job. You know what I hear in that, Tina, that your real job is leading people not being a technically proficient uh, advisor to the team. And And that aligns precisely with Google's research on the eight good behaviours of a manager. They quote being technically proficient at uh, behaviour number eight and there's seven behaviours before that. It's all about people skills. So well said. That's right. 75% actually is is the research that I just did for this article. 75% is based on your people skills and 25% on your technical skills. So if you look at why so many people are so unhappy at work, you know, to me, it doesn't really, you know, so many of the things that people are talking about, why people are leaving, why people are doing this, again, for somebody like me and probably somebody like you, it's pretty obvious. Treat your people well. People don't quit companies, they quit managers. <laughs> to coin a phrase. Now, um, in in your book, Mastery Under Pressure, and honestly, we all seem to be working under more pressure these days than ever before. We don't even know if it's going to settle down. <laughs> perhaps it will, Correct. perhaps it won't, because change is all around us. And you, you talk about, you open your book about talking about change and creating change, or does change simply find us these days? Or do we have to consciously not does a manager have to consciously avoid becoming complacent and make sure they put in ways to make sure they're embracing change? So what I like to say, Nina, is that change is the only thing that we can depend on. Truly. 
And so if we don't learn how to adapt to it, it doesn't mean that we have to change everything and we're constantly, you know, shifting and moving, but we have to really understand the nature of the way things work. And change is the only thing that you can depend on. So further in your book, you talk about cognitive cognitive distortions, and one of them is catastrophizing. So do you find that people are still, something happens that requires change, and they go, ah, you know, woe is me, and they're catastrophizing. Is that so if they just settle down and react, oh, yet another change, let's go in this direction. Is that is that kind of how yes. you would approach it? Well, yes. And the way that I approach it, people ask me a lot of times, like, if you have one thing to share with me, what would it be? And it would be the question that I ask myself all the time when these things kind of come at me. What's in my control? What's out of my control? That's it. A oh, circle of influence. Can, Right. Yes. Uh, something that I that I have to shift to is it something I have to shift to COVID. I had to. Right. But if if it's not within your influence, then you either have to change your reaction to it right. or do something about it. Because if That's if right. that specific change is inevitable, unless you want to become a lobbyist against it, you just have to adjust. And manage manage your you manage your emotional response to it. That's right. And yeah. you may make that choice to become the lobbyist. Yes, you might. We can't all do that with everything that, that upsets us. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, right? how do we get our jobs done? <laughs> yeah, but still, so we have to wait. And sometimes we have to find the courage to be assertive. Correct. Absolutely. So again, I have another little saying about assertiveness. That if you're not assertive, you have a 0% chance of getting what you want. If you are assertive, you have a 50% chance or better. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the other areas, because uh, we do productivity training, um, the people talk about their inability to focus. I know it's an area you, you, you talk about, you write about. What's stopping us from focus and how, how can we increase our ability to focus? So the first thing that we have to do is to figure out when we're in focus, what that's like, and then when we're out of focus so that we can bring ourselves back. If you don't have a comparison, then you may be out there just kind of thinking that you're really being productive, but you're not. So I know when I'm being productive, you know, the, the, the phone is off, the the telephone, you know, everything is off. My, I'm not looking at my messages. And so that I have the, the percentages are in my favor that I can focus at a particular amount of time for a particular amount of time. And this, everything comes back to, again, knowing yourself well enough. When's the best time of the day that you can, that you're very functional and productive? How long can you sit? And if I'm writing something or practicing a speech or, do, you know, how long can I do that? where I can feel like I'm totally engrossed and then I'm just like, I'm done. And it, it's usually about an hour and a half at the most at one time. 90 minutes is really like a long, you know, so, and I'm good in the morning. Somebody else may be really good at night. And so getting to know yourself in this way and then being brutally honest with yourself when you start to get distracted and you start to get, I think the, the statistics are that if you go off to look at social media, 
um, to answer one thing, you're there for like 35 minutes. And with all the distractions today, we have to be really, really mindful. Yes, so we're now talking about mindfulness, Tina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you hear that term a lot. Uh, how, how could a manager perhaps encourage mindfulness within the team, uh, themselves and the team? So first of all, we want to have a definition of mindfulness. It's actually an ancient practice. And now it's become very, you know, we hear it all the time and that's great. But mindfulness in the definition that I use and find really useful is being aware in the present moment without judgment. So I notice, I notice that let's just say that my heart is racing when I have to make this conversation with this person that's really uncomfortable. I notice that, you know, I, I get triggered when so-and-so looks at me in a certain way. And then by starting to really start with what is in that moment without judging myself, yes, I'm really, really, really angry and I'm, I'm just noticing that, then I can start to channel my anger, figure out what to do with it, figure out how I want to respond. It's so empowering to get to know yourself really well. This is self-reflection in the moment and it's um, emotional intelligence. That's correct. And we talk about the need for managers to be have high EQ, high emotional intelligence, and that will then trickle down to the team, of course. Tell us a little bit about belief systems and limiting beliefs, because that's a really hard thing to pick in your own self. Yes, it is a really hard thing. Mm. Probably one of the hardest. Yeah. Because they're deeply embedded in the, in the unconscious. And so the way that I work with them is actually through the body. Right. So let's just say, and if you don't mind, you know, just give me something that would just doesn't have to be a big secret secret about you, but something about you that like kind of annoys you or that you'd like to get beyond or you'd get triggered in a certain way and challenge. Oh, okay. Okay. And being a podcast host is really good practice at fixing this. When I'm one-on-one -on -one with a, in a conversation uh, all my life and I'm really working on it, but I usually work on it after I've done it, <laughs> like remember it after I've done it. Okay. When someone's telling me a story, I'll interrupt with, oh, yes, that happened to me, blah, blah, blah. I'm going, no, 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 let them tell their story. They don't want to hear your story just yet, if at all. But I've done that all my life, but I'm really observing that and trying to stop myself. Perfect. All right. So let's just imagine, because here we are in this podcast and we can just kind of do it live, right, that I say something and it triggers something in you that you want to share, yeah. right? But you catch it before you say it. And if you were just to imagine, like, just, you know, kind of going from head to toe, where in your body is that urge to speak up? Where do you feel it? Well, I'm feeling like it's in my heart. And I usually want to share out of connection and creating rapport and also going, yeah, that, I'm like you. It was like, yeah, we're in this together. 
Right. So if you focus, if you begin to start to pay attention when you're in a podcast, just to your heart, without judgment, and and somebody says something, and you can feel it. You have you have access. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't so mean I have to open my mouth and say a word. <laughs> That's right. That's the whole point, right? <laughs> That's the whole point is that I can begin to start to recognize where it starts to show me where it comes out of my deep unconscious, where I'm totally not aware. And I just say it like that, where I, I'm working on it. And I now have a body clue. And sometimes you may choose to say it. Sometimes you may choose not to say it. Sometimes you may choose to kind of wait until afterwards or whatever. But it starts to raise that level of awareness. And the belief system under there, we might say, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like, I should, this is usually a should with the belief, I should you know, let this person know that I'm with them, that I, that I communicate with them, that, I, that I'm here with them, that I get them, that I, right? Yes. That's kind of the intention behind it. That's right. That's the belief system that drives the behavior. Now, we don't have to change the belief system necessarily, but we have to maybe correct it or reframe it a little bit. I want that person to know that I'm with them, but in this situation, I'm going to button my mouth for this moment, and then I'm going to chime in at some other time. Yeah. Wait, wait until they've uh, expressed their story and then it's then remember your story. Although active listening says you focus on what they're saying and not focusing on what you're going to say next, but there's a balance between those two. And I think... Well, particularly if you're a podcast host, okay, because you're now you're operating at a lot of different levels. We're just not having a conversation like we were before we came on the camera, right? You're tracking what I'm saying, mm. right? And so you're having to be conscious at a lot of different levels and come off like we're just having the conversation. Yeah, well, I got better over time. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the 70, but, episode but, 70s now. <laughs> yeah, but to appreciate and really kind of to kind of to yourself, this is a piece of work. One of the things you talk about is negative thinking. So how can you overcome negative thinking and how can you even spot it? And a manager, how can they spot it in a team member who falls into that trap and you want to kind of bring them back? to be more optimistic or more of a team player and less, nee, nee, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so when you become a very active listener, you're highly, highly tuned into how people talk. Number one, from a listening, but also from a body sensation. So again, I come back to the body because it's a part of us that we, we don't talk about a whole lot, but it's, it's, a, it's an instrument that we have available to us. And if we learn how to fine tune it, just like an instrument, yeah. it gives us constant information, constant feedback. Okay. So let's just say I'm that manager and I'm listening to this person. And all of a sudden I notice because I'm being very mindful of my own selfhood, my mood is starting to get really kind of down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing the words, but I'm also feeling, ugh. 
So that gives me, again, a very quick indication that there's something here that maybe could need use adjustment. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So again, all of this, Nina, is from this mindfulness, becoming aware, analyzing a situation, not being judging, I'm just noticing. And so that noticing becomes that operative word, I notice. I notice that when this person talks, I'm constantly feeling down. They're affecting other people in the group. Um, So something has to be done. So that's number one. Yeah. Right? And number two is, again, in that same way, I might approach that, um, that employee and say, I'm not sure that you've noticed. But this is what I'm noticing. That's a nice way to open. Comes back to that assertiveness. Assertiveness is always from an I feel place. This is my thoughts, my beliefs, my, you know, in my experience, this is so nobody can argue with what I'm thinking or feeling. True. So I'm approaching that person, I'm saying, this is what I'm noticing. And perhaps other, you know, I'm hearing from other people that they're noticing it too. So it's really important for me to bring it to your attention. And they'll either do with it, they'll either sit back and gulp or they'll, they'll get defensive or they'll do. Or they'll catastrophize. You know, catastrophize. But again, it's how you approach it. You know, I'm doing this because I care about you and I, I care about your growth. And I, this is something you may not be aware of, but that's really, you know, an impediment to your growth. So one of the other things that I always ask permission, would you like to hear what I have to say? Oh, that's nice. Because then if they say yes, they are more likely to own it and accept it and listen. Whereas if the manager goes in guns blazing, I'm going to tell you this, you need to know this, that's just going to put them offside. Right, right. And you always want to start with something positive. You know, yeah. in Toastmasters, they, they talk about the sandwich method. I yeah. tell you something good, and then I give you my critical feedback, and then I tell you something good again. Yes, I like the way you blah, blah, blah. It meant blah, blah, blah. That's always nice to include. And I have uh, some, some, some other information I'd like to share with you. Now, the word feedback, is that a bit of a trigger word now? It can be. It I have some be. feedback for you. <laughs> yeah. So I would rather use, uh, you know, I, I have some, some information I'd love to share with you. Right. Okay. I, but I, again, and I was just talking to a client about this. I, I would rather have the critical feedback. People sometimes think that they're being nice by, by withholding. It's not loving and caring. It's really not. Patrick Lencioni would call it um, fear of conflict. And, um, Uh, artificial harmony and you don't want artificial harmony in a team or even with your with your peers you want them to be gentle but truthful (laughs) yeah exactly 
Yeah. Exactly. That people know that you're giving, and I have to give feedback all the time. It's my job. It's kind of what I do. This is what I'm noticing. You know, do you want to hear it? <laughs> I'm wondering if this is true <laughs> and, and, and so on. But to go back to the um, negative self-talk. Yeah. What I like to call is do my thoughts produce something useful for me? That's why I, I don't use positive thinking or even negative thinking. Do my thoughts produce something useful for me? Useful thinking. That's a good distinction, Tina. Mm. Okay. So if I go back to, let's just say, you know, what we were doing with, you know, talking uh, to, to one of your guests when you didn't really want to do that until you thought about it afterwards. And, and I know for me, when I do things that I'm not happy with, I get down, you know, it, it's that feeling, oh, this stings. I can't believe I did this. But if I stay on that too long, it's like, this is taking me to a useful place. Yes. I like to figure out why I did something. What was my intention on doing it? Once I get really clear on that, then it's my job to let it go. And then I have to put it into some useful thing. So let's just say that I, I spoke and I didn't really want to speak, but I'm learning from it. You know, I brought it up at this, this podcast and Tina, you know, gave me some suggestions and now I can work on it. And now I have some. And so that we put it into something that's useful for you. Managers have to deal with lots of different personality types. And when you listed those uh, various cognitive distortions, I really thought there might be some gold there for any uh, aspiring or experienced manager or even senior leader, because you talked about, and uh, well, we've discussed catastrophizing, but you talked about, I'll just mention the other three, polarised thinking, overgeneralization, and mind reading. Uh, do you want to talk about one or all of those? <laughs> Just before we have to close, because we'll be running out of time. The polarity is either black or white. You know, it's either this way, my way, or the highway. It's this way or that way. And a lot of times it's easier in a, in a way to get into that kind of thinking because then we don't have to think of the gray. We don't have to think of the nuances. But it's also very off-putting because life is not like that. It's not usually black or white. The other one was um, overgeneralizing. Yeah. So if you tell, oh, I always do this, or you never do this, or it's like. Yeah, that can be a really problem if, you, if you're doing a one-on-one -on -one as a manager and you say, you always are late for meetings or you never come early for meetings, whatever it is, they'll just start arguing with you about the one time that they, <laughs> they were early. So, so therefore, the manager really wants to say, I noticed that on this particular day right. and on this particular day and in this particular day. So you make it very specific, hmm. but that always, never, because the other person can't do anything with it yeah. either. You tell me I'm always doing something. It's like, that's not helpful. It's not helpful. Again, if we're giving feedback, if we're, we want to do something that's useful or helpful. And what was the last one? Um, um, mind reading. Mind reading. Oh, I know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> now I know. Oh. You know what, if you're a polarised personality hearing that, you'll go, I bet you you don't. <laughs> so uh, you're going to fall me, into that trap there. <laughs> you can't tell me what I'm thinking. That's why I have to ask, is this what is going on for you? 
and and the plug that I'm going to make for um, counseling coaching skills. A, ma- a good manager is a good coach. Yeah. And there are phrases that we learn very early on in our training that if you get to make them habits, you know, you, you don't walk into those minefields. I, I know you're taught. I know, I know how you feel. You never say that. You say, I can imagine how you must be feeling. That's one I've or, learned. And that's one way. One of the ones that I learned and that I love is um, I'm wondering if this is true. I'm just wondering, you know, I have this, I, this thought and, and for somebody like me and I'm pretty intuitive. So many times I am correct, but I never assume that I am without asking that person, is this true? Yes. I'm wondering. And, if and I, even said to you, I, I, I said it to you just as we were talking, I'm guessing that this is what's what you might be feeling. Is this true? Nice. That's nice because it, it, it actually comes across to me, if a manager would be saying that to me, I'd be thinking, well, they're thinking about me, about their, you know, my interactions, and I, can, I get this feeling that there's a sense of care behind that question because there's no accusation. It's all about let's have a conversation about this and is this true mm-hmm. because also it's like, they want to know what I'm thinking. Isn't that great? Exactly. Because I'm sure all of us in the workplace, I mean, I've been embedded in organisations before where there was a bully boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't say anything like that. <laughs> no, and, and Nina, you know, the, the most basic things that a human being wants is to be heard. That's it's right. the most basic element of human nature. And that's what we want to, you know, kind of convey to the managers. Give somebody an opportunity to be heard. Let them have a voice. Let them have an opinion. You may not agree with it. But I want to hear what you're saying. And the other thing that I'll say about conflict, the reason that people fight, countries fight, is because we don't understand each other. True don't understand each other. And so, again, it's the manager's job to be able to stretch enough to say, tell me how you got there. Tell me what you were thinking. Right. It's What does it seek first to understand? That's right. Mm. That's right. A lot of gold in there, Tina. Do, um, do you work with um, organizations remotely or you're based in California. Tell us how you do your work, please. Well, I used to travel, <laughs> but actually I've been doing remote work um, for the, I moved to California from New York. Um, it'll be eight years ago in June. And so that's when I first started doing my work remotely. So I was able to take a lot of my clients with me. And so when COVID hit, I was actually already set up um, so, and I've gotten very used to working with a screen of people yeah. and use what I need to do in order to get people to feel engaged and comfortable and, and participating. And so, yeah. So now and we're all, big, we're all, we've all discovered uh, ways to be far more interactive and, 
and 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 treat the 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 screen as if as if it is a one-on-one so um i feel confident that's you can uh, work remotely with well i have listeners all over the world uh, including the united states yes. we're, we're here in australia uh, quite a majority of australian listeners but uh, taiwan egypt macedonia india ireland all sorts of places <laughs> it's been an absolute delight getting under the surface with you, Tina, to understand really what goes on inside our heads and the metacognition of it all, sort of the meta view of, of our thinking behind the thinking. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Nina. This episode, we've been speaking with Tina Greenbaum on the Manage Self Lead Others podcast for experienced and aspiring people managers. I'm your host, Nina Sunday. Thank you for listening. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.